What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. The weekend is here. It's a long weekend. How exciting. I love a long weekend. Uh, it's not going to be a long weekend for this podcast, though. Remember how I mentioned that we weren't going to do a Monday show? Uh, my bosses heard that, and they told me to bleep off. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. So when you're coming back from the beach Monday or poking around your lawn or grilling meat, Whatever it is you do on Memorial Day, fire up the Big Six podcast on your iPhone, on your giant speakers. Terrify your neighbors and your friends and your family or whatever. Uh, this is a Super Friends, semi-Super Friends podcast coming up today. Myself, Sean Wagner-McGuff, and John Breach are here. And John Breach, we have a surprise for Sean. This is a Game of Thrones podcast! Ha ha ha! No, I'm just kidding. We wouldn't do that. Let's, let's do it. Let's rank. Instead of our top 25 players under 25, let's list our 25 favorite episodes. I would make mock draft style. Let's make, see that. They would make at least one person in charge of podcast angry. So I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, <laughs> burn him to the ground. EK, who gets more run on this podcast than I do, um, is, is not a fan of the Game of Thrones recaps. He didn't even listen to him. Listens to every podcast we do on TBS, <laughs> refuses out of principle to listen to our Game of Thrones podcast. So we're not going to talk about it. Um, hey, we got, we got good reviews after the last one. I just got to say. Yeah. Uh, but like Sean, the, the penultimate one was bad. That was just, that was terrible. We redeemed ourselves, and I think EK should listen to it. I, I think he should, too. He should grow up and listen to it, EK. Um, so, by the way, sad news today. My son did not get, uh, he did not make the swim team. Is he happy about that secretly? He is not happy about it. Are oh. you happy about it secretly? No. It's, no, he was going to get re- like relegated to the Wolf Pups, which is where you Oh, no. No, no, no. Wait, what? Wolf pups. That sounds cooler than swim team. Well, I'm all in on like that. It's like a part of the swim team where you get lessons five days a week for like oh. 85 bucks for the whole summer. That was like every single parent out there was like trying to sneak their kid into wolf pups. And, um, Robbie, Robbie kind of clammed up on the test and that's okay. He's going to do some lessons. Well, for instance, I mean, how did you not pull an Aunt Becky here? You didn't pull out the checkbook and walk up to someone and be like, hey, man, you need to let little Robbie in this class. Now, I would have written a check for $1,000 to pay the 85 to get rid of the kid for five days a week for the whole entire summer. The worst part is, so there's this <laughs> giant water slide at our pool, but you have to pass the swim test to get a bracelet to ride the water slide. And that's Robbie doesn't give one crap about swim team. All he wants is that bracelet. And he got done. <laughs> and he was like, I want my bracelet now. I was like, you don't get a bracelet now, and he lost his mind. Again. I think it's a good thing. Swim team was my least favorite part about growing up. That was I used to get nauseous before practice. It was just the worst thing that get, I ever had to go through. Did you get beat up at practice? No, I just didn't like it, and my parents made me do it. Yeah, mine did too. I didn't really like it either. I mean, I like being at the pool, but I, I didn't. I didn't love swim team. Uh, any, anything going on in y'all's lives that you want to talk about? Um, that, that is enough time. For you. Can't well, I mean, I'll say it real quick. Uh, Guys, if you go to Mexico City, don't drink the water. I've been struggling with old Montezuma's revenge oh, no. for the past three days. That's you drank pick. the water? I think wait, that's was, just, you're you're in the know. shower. You can't help it. It just slips in. Wait, and, wait, and, what? And, what are you doing <laughs> in the shower? You know when you're washing your mouth out with soap. <laughs> no, it just. How you just, wash the inside of your throat and. You know, you like to guzzle shower water in Mexico. Who doesn't do that? Am I right? <laughs> that's a lesson. The Pick Six podcast lesson. Write that one down, everyone. It is not fake advice that you hear on the internet. It is the real thing. Don't do it. Drink bottled water. Uh-huh. What is is so? What happened to you? Can you just, get in that, or is it too gross? I to, mean, 
I've been chugging. I've been chugging some Pepto Bismol for the past forty-eight hours, basically from Monday to Wednesday. This is the first when they listen to this on Friday. That'll be the first day I have not finished a whole entire bottle. Well, you don't know. You don't know yet. Sean, 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 speaking of disastrous experiences, how's your love life going? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Segway. Second in on that. So weird. So weird. Uh, no, I have no idea how it is going. So I don't want to. I don't want to actually ask you on the podcast. Maybe you'd be like, "Well, I got dumped at a concert last night or something." No, it's it, it, it's. I mean, for the viewers that care, it, it's still going the same. You know, I'm dating. I'm going on dates. I don't think. Well, I don't want to. One girl. I don't want to be rude to the people out there who could be listening. So multiples. Oh no, no. It's just you know. Uh, you're just going on dates. You're you're seeing what's out there. With one person or multiple people? I just I don't wanna You're playing the I field, mean, so to speak. Yes. There's nothing wrong with playing the field. You're not, yeah, you're no, not I dogging just, anybody. I just don't wanna I mean not that any of them are listening, but it's just you know. You don't wanna be rude. You're not you're not, not, ex- not you're not exclusive. That's it's okay. It's okay to I'm aware it's okay. I just let's let's move on. I don't Sean, know why we're talking. They're about. listening. They Googled you, they saw you're on a podcast, and they are listening to it, and you probably just lost two of them. I'm going to tell you something, Sean. If you are dating anybody who listens to this podcast, you should break up with them right away. Uh, Not because they listen to the podcast. Because who who in their right minds, what kind of, you don't want to meet your, you're not going to meet your soulmate and find out she listens to my podcast. Come on. That's very true. Our our podcast. That's a red flag. If there there are six, six podcast listeners. That's what I'm saying. It's probably out. If you are a girl or anyone, of course, uh, anybody who's ever dated Sean, maybe, maybe, th- maybe things have changed. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Um, maybe they were a girl. Maybe they're not now. If you're someone who has dated Sean, who knows? You never know what happens with your exes. If you're someone who has dated Sean and you listen to this podcast, you send me a DM and I will mail you multiple Pick 6 podcast shares. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if that actually happened, I, I would have caught the show. I would not blame you at all. Uh, all right, let's talk some NFL news. That was a fun little diversion. Uh, the Steelers drama continues. I, I think this is the funniest thing in the world. So Juju Smith-Schuster says he's ready to be the Steelers' number one wide receiver and also adds, quote, there's really no drama in our locker room. I think that – I almost think it's more impressive how the Steelers are going to extraordinary links to let the world know there's no drama. Like Big Ben's like posting Instagram selfies of – like hanging out in this cabin, just being leaders together. Oh man, like there's so much leadership in this group. Oh, we just love each other. One love. Oh, Steelers, so great. Love each other. Like, stop. We get it. You're trying to mock Antonio Brown. Um, are you buying or selling the Steelers offseason leadership council, John Breach? I'm I'm totally buying this because look, nice. you remember a couple months ago, Antonio Brown threw Juju Smith-Schuster under the bus. They had their little beef. But, like, Juju Smith-Schuster is the nicest guy on the planet. I don't know how anyone could beef with him. And I just feel like this is uh, that passive aggressiveness that we – you know, like, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. In this case, I just love it because I do think that Antonio Brown was probably 95% of the drama in that locker room. It seems like every week it was something that Antonio Brown – during the season, if he wasn't throwing giant Gatorade bottles down on the sideline because he wasn't getting the ball, then he was skipping practice. He was throwing footballs at his quarterback. You know, like, it took Brown was all the drama. I believe everything Juju's saying. I love this. That would be your cue th- to dive in. Yes, thank you. Oh, okay. Well, um, I mean, I think a lot of this is just, you know, winning the PR battle. And 
I, I, it's pretty easy, I think, for the Steelers to make people buy into this because since getting traded and during the trade saga, Antonio Brown acted kind of like a crazy person. And his last thing he did with what Breach was alluding to, the um, Juju beef on Twitter where he's, like, leaking old DMs that Juju sent him but yeah. that actually made Juju look nice – just kind of made it seem like, does Amy, Antonio Brown understand like what his image is and what Juju's image is? Cause he was playing into Juju's hands. So it kind of feels like, I don't know. It, I'm with, I, I see it both ways. I think, in, I think Ben Roethlisberger coming out and apologizing and canceling his radio show and doing all this, I think that's a good sign. Um, I also just think a lot of this is, it's May and this is just stuff people say, let's see what happens if the Steelers start, start off poorly and the Browns are better than them. And let's see if Juju is playing as well without Antonio Brown on one side of the field with defenses, you know, locking into him. And I also think it was funny that Derek Carr has a quote um, that came out That's Wednesday about how. what I'm about to yeah, tell you. Do you, do you have the quote? I, I haven't pulled up. It's Wait, before, like, we, before yeah, we get there, before we get there though, let's go back to the Steelers real quick because if there's anyone that's going to bring that drama back, of course it's Ben Roethlisberger. That dude can like spin drama. It's like Rumple Siltskin spinning hay into gold. Roethlisberger can spin drama out of anything. And, and here's the thing, Sean, you just said that, hey, he, he's going to cancel this radio show so that nothing crazy can happen again. Oh, and then he does this interview this week where he's like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to cancel the radio show. I might oh, actually I bring that back. So he went from probably canceling it to mm, maybe I'm going to bring it back and start calling out guys in public again. I like that the, the having the radio show is like not an issue. Like a lot of quarterbacks and players do that. But it's almost just like he even knows he can't restrain himself that if he has the radio show, <laughs> he has to call out people when things go poorly. It's just like you can keep the radio show. No one cares you have the radio show. Just don't use the radio show as your platform to blast a rookie receiver for dropping a pass. I, I wasn't expecting your brother's grim reference in this podcast. I gotta, I gotta tell you, John, I, I respect that. Um, a fairy tale reference. You know it's the off season, Brenton. Everything goes. By the way, uh, I was just, I was checking my reference. I was making sure that Rumpelstiltskin did indeed spend hay into gold. And that, that is what he did. I'm not questioning it. Um, a little aggressive old school fairy tales. If you, if you read about the, the Brothers Grimm, um, you know, just even on Wikipedia, it's like, uh, you know, this guy, this Miller tells this king that his daughter can spin, uh, hay into gold. And the king's like, that's great. Uh, you're going to go into this room and do that, uh, for a night and make me a bunch of gold or else I'm going to chop off your head. It's like, that's, this is what like our parents were reading to us and like, what the hell? What is the matter with my parents? Why would they read that? They're like, and so the king said he was going to chop off the girl's head unless she made a bargain with this imp who could actually spin. Hey, anyway, it's a whole. Yeah. And that's why millennials are soft, Brenton, because their parents don't teach them that stuff. No, they actually, they actually are changing the fairy tales. Like my, um, niece's grandfather, um, has like talked about how when he tells all these stories that, um, he's so used to telling, um, you know, that's, kids that have like morals and whatever he in the middle of telling the story he realizes that the message isn't even good and he has to on the fly change it um without them noticing so it's and so that's when goldilocks stabbed her in the heart with a spear the end you know what uh fairy tales i read to robbie at night he makes me read (sighs) this feels like ninja turtle segment it feels like a what a skippable segment. No, no, no. So we have the, the little, okay. we, I'm going to tell you real quick. We have a little Nintendo 
You know, the one that, um. <laughs> yeah, it is your fairy tale. Play the Nintendo game. Classic. <laughs> yeah, the Nintendo Classic. The one, the one with like 30 games loaded on it that you can play. It's like a, you know, it's just a plug and play. Like you don't actually have to insert a game in there. He makes me read one story for each of the 30 games to him at night. So it's like once upon a time, there were two boys and they were on balloon or like one was named Bub and one was named Bob. Like I have to read about Bubble Bobble. I have to make up fairy tales on my own for 30 different Nintendo games every single night before he goes to bed. Kind of yeah, awesome. so, of is double dragon yeah, but, on that? Yeah, dude, no, no, no. he's like, so he'll be like, I'll be like, once upon a time, there were two brothers and they were dropped in the city and they had to use their fist and fight their way out in order to get revenge against the crime people. He's like, don't forget the revenge. I'm like, okay, I got it. Don't forget the revenge, pal. Um, Sean, so this is why you're suddenly a storytelling expert when you're criticizing Game of Thrones is because now you're creating your own stories and you think you. You understand foreshadowing and no, it's because it's because I'm a goddamn it's because I'm a goddamn writer with an English degree. If we run out of podcast ideas, like in June, late June, I want Brinson telling video game <laughs> stories for an entire week. Once upon it's like it's like Super Mario Four, but he knows all, it's like once upon a time there were four friends: Mario and Luigi and Toadstool and Princess Peach. You know, in <laughs> in so in third or fourth grade, we had to write like a short story or like our own like book it was like two pages probably mm-hmm. i wrote something about yoshi it was like called yoshi wars or something i was big into yoshi robbie robbie's now huge into kirby which i've never played kirby's adventures never played it uh anyway that was your interspersed tangent between sean, <laughs> sean almost segued us correctly to the raiders Derek i was Carquart. trying to i oh, said wait. no actually breach said no uh anyway here's the uh here's the quote from Derek carr it, it, this is just but I called this earlier this offseason. I said it was going to be clearly passive aggressive or in, like crap from both of these sides all season long. And that's all it's been. Uh, this is Derek Carr all, talking about Antonio Brown. He's the greatest worker I've ever seen in my life. And I do not throw that around loosely. All of our teammates love him. He just gets along with everybody. You might as well. I mean, come on. Come on. Let's, let's give it a couple months. Let's give it till week four. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like, well, and also let's, I mean, to be clear, Antonio Brown's teammates have never docked him for working hard. There was that story that came out. I think Jeremy Fowler for ESPN did it after he got traded and about how everyone raved about how hard Antonio Brown worked in practice. And his teammates actually loved him in Pittsburgh um, with the exception. It seems like Ben Roethlisberger and maybe Juju. So for the most part, this is true. He's the hardest worker. The problem is that is that going to matter if the Raiders start 0-4 and, and he's not seeing the ball enough? No. He's going to lose his mind and he's going to be a bad teammate again. Right. Um, you can be a hard worker and a bad teammate and like uh, quote-unquote a distraction. You know, being, oh, being Odell Beckham is a hard worker and the Giants thought he was a distraction. I'm not saying I agree with that, but. I'm trying to find the story that was written on NFL.com because it was a, uh, it might need you to filibuster for me or one of y'all to filibuster for me. They, they redesigned their website and I can't find it, but it was, uh, it was basically like, who's going to be the sneaky bounce back team or like, it's like, who's the, um, uh, breach go do something. You want me to filibuster? Okay. You know what I love? I think about? I, I think I took a screenshot of it. Here's I what else about, I love about, I about the Derek Carr comment. The other part of it is that. He's like, oh, I spend a lot of time with Antonio Brown. He's at my house. He's coming to my kids' birthday parties. He's coming to throw with me every day whenever I need him. Like, 
obviously rubbing it in that I think Antonio Brown's biggest issue was, hey, Ben never invites me over. Hey, we're not doing a lot of off-season throwing. And now you have Derek Carr kind of publicly calling out Roethlisberger through Antonio Brown, even if Derek Carr doesn't realize that. And so the whole situation, I mean, it's like breaking up with your girlfriend and talking about how awesome your new girlfriend is, even if you still kind of like your old girlfriend, but you really don't because there's so much drama. It's, it's, I, it's, you lost me a little bit through that. This uh, is like your girlfriend's brother type of analogy that we all misinterpreted. There's no way. There's no way I would find it. If your it, girlfriend but... reads Rumpelstiltskin, then, then you understand. Um, I thought I took a screenshot of it, but it was like basically like what team is going to be the um, the bounce back team, or like what team is going to have a great season, or some some crap like that. Um, and it was <laughs> wow. Dang, there's some shots at. No, it was fine. It was, it wasn't, you know, what a mind blowing thing. It was just a, um, you know, it was like a, who's, who's the team that finished at the bottom or like, I, I can't, yeah, yeah. anyway, like every a couple of people picked the Jaguars and then David Carr was like, the Raiders. Oh my God. But you know, he didn't pick the Raiders. He was like, the Raiders are a little too obvious or something like that. Like he was like, the well, Ra- he's like, the Raiders have plenty of hype. Like, I what, wish, which team is no one talking about that's going to have a great season. He's like, everyone knows the Raiders are going to have, it's like, what is the matter with you, man? Get out I, of here. I can't find my tweet because I didn't include Derek or David Carr in the tweet. It's from a couple of years ago where NFL.com ranked the five best quarterbacks in football and Derek Carr was like number four. It's and insane. when I read, when and I read the article, I was like, this is crazy. And then finally I scrolled up and I was like, Oh, written by David Carr. But it was just like, at least try like Joe Montana. Joe Montana is not a top 10 quarterback of all time, but Derek Carr is currently a top 10. Top <laughs> no, no, four. no. Okay, Joe Montana is so not a top 10. Postseason quarterback of all time. Is that which what is it was? Worse. Was that what it was? Yes. Yeah, oh, it was stop. playoff quarterback. Just like Joe Montana. Oh, oh, here it is. Had the greatest postseason in NFL history in 1989. It's which last place team is the biggest sleeper heading into the 2019 season? David Carr. New York Jets could surprise with bolstered roster, so he picks the Jets. And his first line is: "The Oakland Raiders made a ton of big moves this off season, so no one's sleeping on them." Like, you can't just say the Jets, dude. You don't have to say the Raiders, too. Or if you want to pick the Raiders, pick the Raiders. Because you know what? Everybody's sleeping on the effing Raiders. No one thinks the Raiders are going to win the AFC West. No one thinks your brother's going to be any good this year. And if he's not good, he's getting cut. Did I... Did I read the quote? I feel like yeah. yesterday. That, I don't know too, the source. Also, for instance, they're gonna the whole family's gonna I follow like, you on Twitter again just so they can unfollow you. And it's really annoying too because that was the OG Derek Carr hater. And now Brenton's getting tagged as the uh, Derek. That's Carr not hater. true. I hated him coming into the draft. In okay, fact, but I hated him. I wrote a quote hit piece before his MVP type of year, and I thought his MVP type of year was the you know was fraudulent. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh. I attended Derek Carr's first college football game ever. Anyway, this how, is how about cool. that stat? Um, wow. John, John, you wrote the NFL. Did you? Oh wait, this? wait, I got it. I got my train of thought back. Okay. Did I read a quote yesterday of Derek Carr telling reporters, "Like, sorry if you guys don't like it, but I'm going to be here for a long time." Mm. It was like he had one, and everyone's like, "So who's going to tell him about the move to Vegas?" A and B. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, you're right. You guys, they might leave you in Oakland, Derek, when they go to Las Vegas. That, can, that very well might happen. You can live in Oakland as long as you want, Derek. Uh, look, I, if he, I hope he has a good season. I'm rooting for him. I'm not. <laughs> um, 
the thing is, if they're horrible, Sean, there's a 100% chance Gruden's going to grab a quarterback in next year's draft, which has a strong quarterback 100% class. 100% chance. And he will cut Derek Carr, whose contract is very cuttable. Um, Sean, guess which writer wrote this story. NFL to keep combine in Indianapolis, but league does make one big change to annual event. Oh, wow. I'm going to say it's breach since I have to click to find out what the big change is. is. The change is moving it to prime time, I'm assuming. Right? That is the change. Yes. On what I, day? On all, all the drills are going to be prime time. Thir- it's, Thursday, it's a, Friday, Saturday. It's a really? Nightmare. It's a nightmare. I talked about this yesterday. Oh, my goodness. But it's a disaster. It's such a pain in the ass. It's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, what are it's they also gonna, the most NFL thing ever, though. But, like, what are they going to do? Make these kids do media interviews at 8 a.m. and then work out at 8 p.m.? Come on. I mean, I get that, like, it's, it's a combine. It's not a big deal. They're 22 year olds. They can live with it. But it's like, these kids are already grinding on this stuff as it is. It's kind of brutal. Um, and Dominican Sue officially signed. I talked about that yesterday as well, I believe, or maybe earlier with RJ. But way. today we have the money. So tell me about it. Oh, yeah. Well, $10 million. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing that I love about this whole situation is that. You know, the whole report that he signed came out earlier this week. He goes two or three days, and there's not a signed contract. And everybody's like, uh, did he back out of this? This is Ndamukong Sue. This is completely believable that he might back yeah. out and not sign the contract. And everybody's wondering what's going on. And finally, it comes out. So basically, they got rid of Gerald McCoy, who was going to make $13 million. They get Sue, who's going to make up to $10 million. So it's switching out defensive tackles, saving $3 million. Uh, and, and Domicon was in France, I think, which is why he did not sign the contract earlier this week. Very Domicon Sue of him. Um, two notable injuries for the 49ers. Not a good start. Nick Bosa dealing with a injured hamstring, probably out till training camp. Joey Bosa missed a bunch of time for the Chargers early on, has missed time with injuries. The Bosas are not afraid to sit out if they are not healthy. Nick Bosa sat out most of last season for Ohio State. D. Did not give one F. Um, Joey does not give one F. The whole family doesn't give one F about skipping time. They don't care. They'll just skip it. Um, and then uh, Jimmy. You're really fiery today. I am fiery today. You're coming in hot. I mean, I like it. It's just you got a lot of energy. Thanks. Will uh, on fire. Well, I came from the swim team thing. I got lit up by my wife for something <laughs> I didn't even do. <laughs> she's like talking to my mother-in-law on the phone she's like how could you do that i'm like it's i mean it's something that's supposed to happen in september it's not even supposed to happen for four months what are you mad at me for this um so i'm fired up uh and then uh jimmy ward could miss months after reportedly suffering a serious injury at otas is there anyone on this podcast who can tell me what the injury is Here's the thing. The 49ers just canceled their OTAs. They just have everyone getting injured. That's two pretty big injuries, and, and no, Bosa's not out. He didn't, like, tear his hamstring. It's only a grade one strain, but still, he's out for three or four weeks. Which has, is he, has, he, has he signed it? He has signed his rookie contract then, right? Surely he wouldn't be at the – I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he had to have, right? Well, you wouldn't show up to practice. You can sign your little one-page uh, memorandum of understanding where if you get injured, you still get paid. I don't think he signed his deal. Any first round pick is going to get, so I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, but that being said, so he's Nick Bosa has not practiced football since September when he was at Ohio State. He shows up, it gets injured at his second practice. Like if that's not a gigantic red flag, I don't know what is. I would be scared to death if I was the 49ers just spent my number two pick on a guy that can't stay healthy, and and they just did this. Oh what? 
five years ago with Jimmy Ward. He was a first-round pick, and he can't stay healthy. Five years with the team, he's been on injured reserve four times, and he's on track. Uh, if his collarbone slowly heals or if he gets injured again because we've seen collarbones, re-injuring them uh, it is a lot easier than injuring them for the first time. So, And he did already injure his collarbone in 2016. That's why he was in injured reserve once. So it's like this whole team is just guys getting injured. He is not signing the deal, by the way. Uh, SI.com has a, uh, a first-round tracker for signees in 2019. Thanks, guys, because we stopped doing that a while ago. Uh, I mean, just because the, the rookie wage scale is just not as important anymore. Um, but Kyler Murray signed on May 9th. They had this updated on May 22nd uh, for Jeffrey Simmons. And I, I hadn't read anything about Nick Bosa signing. It's not a, surprising after Joey didn't sign, and then he got hurt when he came back. Right, but getting hurt, hurting your hamstring. Right. Either he's saying, I'm not practicing. My hamstring is hurt. I'm doing air quotes. And he's like, I'm not practicing until I sign my contract, which is smart. Or, you know, he he's hurt, and now it might be a problem with this offset language. But, so that, by the way, I'm going to – I'm going to pull a Wilson here and go on the record and make one of those predictions in May. Okay. Um, I think the 49ers finish with a closer record to the Cardinals than they do the, to the Seahawks or Rams, whoever finished second in the NFC West. I think this roster is massively overrated. Wow. I really do. Okay. And even before – Their defense. Even before especially. Ward went down, I mean, I wrote – we were just talking about, you know, off camera, the the moves, these – Teams that could conceivably, you know, make it to the Super Bowl should make. And we had the 49ers in one of those teams in large part because last year people hyped them up before Garoppolo got hurt. And two of the moves I had was upgrading the secondary. They had, according to Pro Football Focus, the worst secondary in football last year. Their best player in the secondary is Richard Sherman, who is good, but old, missed time last year, the year before that tore his Achilles. Um, one of their biggest signings was Jason Verrett, who, when healthy, is a good player. He's only been healthy once in his career for a full season. It's not like Ward was that good of a player. He might have been good for the 49ers, but he's, I, I think if he hits free agency, we're not talking about him as this big name guy. We're talking about him as this depth piece. So I think they, they're a team right now that could go out and sign like someone like Morris Claiborne. Like, I mean, obviously not a great player, but someone who can just stay healthy out there. I think their roster is a lot closer to the Cardinals than I do to the Seahawks. And it wouldn't shock me if they finished last in the NFC West. Wow, I like it. You're feeling feisty today, too. I'm Sean. beating off your energy, man. I like this it. This is like it. Maybe I should the importance have, of a host. Should start having better energy more often. Um, speaking of great energy, Adam Gase spoke to the media in New York uh, about the Le'Veon Bell situation, and CBS Sports HQ had that press conference, which we'll play the audio of now. Crank up your volume and re- get ready to run through a brick wall. Because Adam Gase is telling things that you might even see eye to eye on with Le'Veon Bell um, and, and the addition of Le'Veon Bell. Could you just comment on that? We signed him. I'm excited we have him. I've been in constant communication with him. Discussions happen. And to me, it's it's when you're going through free agency, you're trying to put together. And we sign a lot of guys. You're trying to put together a big puzzle. And you're trying to figure out money, fit, locker room, all those things. There's just a lot of things that go into all that stuff. And discussions are had in whether or not we di- we disagreed on anything if it was financially. That's a completely different story than the person or the player. 
So in other words, what Adam Gase is saying is, yes, I thought that Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> signing Le'Veon Bell for that price tag that we signed him at was really freaking stupid, and I'm mad that they paid him that much money, and that's fine. And he, he goes on to call the idea of uh, trading Le'Veon Bell, quote, ridiculous. And he did add that, um, I mean, he, he basically copped to all the stuff that was said about him. Like, yeah, I didn't like paying him that, a running back that much money. I didn't like paying a middle linebacker that much money, whatever. Um so that's the uh that's the latest from the Adam Gase saga. The Jets are an interesting team too. People like the over. 49ers by the way, the over under is 8. Mm. Might like the under in that. Uh let's take a well, quick Oh, let me let me just say something real quick because okay. you're trying to like take this drama away or maybe downplay it that Gase but imagine if like one of our bosses came on this podcast and with me and Sean they're like we're paying Brinson too much money. And and maybe they don't say it Happel, you know, like they're not mad about it. It's still a weird thing to say. Brinson's good at his job, but he sure is a little more expensive than we thought. We're happy we right, have right. And if someone price. said that about, if, if I knew a boss said that about me publicly, I would be on edge. I would be walking on eggshells, thinking that that's not a good thing. So I don't think this fixes anything. It might actually make it worse. Gay should have just deflected every single question, called the media crazy, and. Give him the silent treatment. I don't think he should have said anything. So I, I, I think this. I don't think this is going to help his relationship with Le'Veon Bell and Mosley. I just, just want you to know, John, that while in Nashville, after you took that Uber home late night on Saturday, so I was walking in with EK, our boss. He said, "I love Breach. He makes a little too much money there. So you're sort of screwed." Not that he'd been drinking. He just, you know, we, it was, uh, the wind was howling and it was 3 a.m. Everyone slurs that at that hour. Uh, what, what are you going to say, Sean? By the way, we're almost like to the length of this podcast. I know. And we don't like, even need to do your, t- we might do, we might do three segments of your top 25 under 25. So we're recording on Sunday is what you're telling me. Hell, we're not recording on the holiday weekend. We're, we're going to break it into half and we'll do, anyway, do you have anything else to add on your boy Adam? No, Chris? it wasn't. All right, let's take a break, and then we will get to your top 25, under 25, top 25 players under 25, uh, and uh, including the process, and we'll, uh, we'll take a break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
Well, that was the worst commercial break intro by me ever. Thank goodness the commercials were actually good. Now we are going to talk about Sean Wagner McGuff's top 25 under 25. First up, Sean, I want the people who listen to this to know. And then go to CBSSports.com. It was up there on Friday. You can find it. Uh, we'll, we'll tweet it out from our handles at Will Brinson, at Sean J. Wagner, at John Breach. You can find it there. Um, I want the people to know that I, that you're going to get a lot of criticism for this, but you put a lot of effort into it. So, so this is my comparison. It's a little bit like trying to finish Game of Thrones. It's, you can put as many hours of work into it as possible. It is impossible to satisfy everyone. Uh, unfortunately, I work on Friday, which means I can't use Benioff and Weiss's strategy of getting drunk and staying far away from the internet. So I will be on the internet. I will see all of your angry tweets. Unfortunately, I will probably ignore you. Um, that's not because of you. It's because everyone and probably people who aren't listening to this podcast are going to be the people who actually send the, the mean tweets and not the, I disagree with you respectfully tweets, but I will say this: it's impossible to fit all 20. There's more than 25 good players under the age of 25. Inevitably you have to make our decisions. Players who deserve to be on a list like this are going to get cut. They're going to go into the just miss the cut section. That's inevitable. There's nothing I can do about it. I will, say, I will say this. I think that it, life was made extremely difficult for you by the 2018 NFL draft class being in, and you didn't include rookies, but the 2018 NFL draft class was freaking awesome. Like you look at this group and there are so many guys from that draft class and there's just, because, you know, just that's how they, like, and it's, it's only people who are under 25. So if you are 25, you're out, you're off the list. Like, Which so, is actually a good thing because if you throw yeah. in the people who are twenty five, it's it, it would be impossible to put together. You would have had to and include Tyreek Hill. I would have put him on. I mean, I would have explained. I would have had him blow. I mean, availability is definitely a part of this, and we don't really know about his availability yet. But what I was, what your point about how the two thousand eighteen draft was so good. The nice. So Thank you. I, thought, I, thought, I also I also thought it was a great point. <laughs> it's uh putting together well now I don't wanna say it, but putting together a list like this isn't really fun. You actually though leave it feeling like good about our jobs because we have all these players who we've known and who have shaped the NFL like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, all these guys who are gonna retire soon and leave behind the NFL. The NFL's in great hands. There are so many good players right now who are under twenty five, or if you include the players who are twenty five, there are just so many good ones that you feel good about where the league is headed from a talent standpoint. Well, we're going to talk about 25 through 11 now, and uh, then we will do the top 10 for our Labor Day show. So Memorial, really Memorial, quick. Memorial Day show. Yes, add whatever and else so, you want to add. So the criteria for the list is what has the player done so far? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just their resume to this point. Recent su- success matters more than early success. So if a guy had a better second year and had a, and had a bad first year, that matters, as opposed to a guy who was great his rookie year did not do as well last year. That's going to hurt them. Availability matters. So the second thing is future projection. That also factors in. What do we think this player will perform during the upcoming season and the seasons beyond? That helps a guy like Baker Mayfield um, because while he was very good this past season, he wasn't one of the best quarterbacks in football. But I think all of us look at that situation and we think this year he could be one of the best quarterbacks in football. Sure. And then the third thing is positional value. So I want to make it clear This list is not a draft. It's not, let's put every player under 25 and then draft them in the order they'd be drafted in. That said, positional value does matter. So running backs naturally. Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky would be like sixth or something. Right behind Mahomes at number two. Uh, Oh, spoiler. 
uh, for everyone listening, that is not true. Mitchell Trubisky, not even on on. No, I meant you're spoiling that Patrick Mahomes is one for the folks who are listening on Memorial oh, Day. I yes, think I, I would think, hope people listen to this podcast would have figured out Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the league, regardless of age, is or, number one on the list. Or if you had eyes and ears, and, and like the headline you know. is going, and also the headline is going to have Patrick Mahomes at number one in the headline. Um, but yeah, so running backs are on this. You know, list. you know what you should do is the headline. Top Patrick Mahomes, not better than Brett Favre, but number one, nah. 25. I, I'm, de- I'm dead serious. This is what you do for the headline. This is a spoiler, too, but we won't tell you who it is on this podcast. You got to listen to the next one. These two quarterbacks rank ahead of Baker Mayfield. Oh, my god. Browns I fans mean, will freak out. Here's the thing, Brenton, is the reason I don't like putting it in these lists is because I hate the reaction to it. And you're asking me to write a headline that is stoking the flames. Like, I'm trying to get out of here with minimal casualties. I'm just trying to put it out there and then escape into my corner and never but, but No, Sean, you got to, like, fire up the tank, man. Get out your bazooka. You put a list together like this, you you bring out all the firepower and you like go, the battle you blow back. Man. I'm like, I would prefer to be in the crypts hiding down there as opposed to being on the front prefer, lines. Prefer to be dark where no one can see whatever the hell is happening. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, uh, and then before we get to the actual list, just a quick rundown. So 15 defensive players, 10 offensive players, four quarterbacks. Last year, I only put one quarterback on the list. Wow. Uh, in large part because this year I actually, last year I didn't factor in uh, positional value. This year I made that part of the criteria. Um, no team had more than two players on the list. You had a lot of teams with two players. Two teams had two players in the top ten, the Browns and the Chiefs. One play, one team had two players in the top five. Are we doing a separate podcast on just the criteria for this list? I'm about to fall asleep. Well, you know what? Fine. We can, we can move on. <laughs> 17 teams in all represented on the list. Yes. Yeah, save it for the infographic. Look, okay. There are people who aren't going to read this list, and then as we go through names, they're going to be yelling in their car about why this player isn't ranked. And, you know, it's important to understand the criteria. I'm sorry. It's like the people who don't read the article. There are going to be people, for example, who click I on wish, this article. I wish the big – the intro and get to the list and then yell at me about why, certain, why running backs are so low on the list. A, welcome to the internet. B, I wish the Bay Brothers cared half as much about Game of Thrones as you care about this list. The ending would have been decent. Um <laughs> With that, let's what, do you, what do you think the over-under is for when we stop making Season 8 Game of Thrones references? 20, oh, 2021? Uh, a long time. I was telling my wife this week that the Bay Brothers totally have to be counting down the hours until Aladdin gets released. Because <laughs> that looks like the biggest crap show remake of all time. And Twitter is going to go nuts. The internet's going to go nuts. They're all going to hate it. And everyone's going to forget about Game of Thrones Season 8 for like oh, two weeks. Like, two weeks, I, maybe three so weeks. I know. Let's make Will Smith fat and blue. Sounds like a great plot. Uh, I read that. Are the are the, uh, are the Bay Brothers actually working on a Star Wars thing right now? Is we, that- okay. Are we really going to? Yeah, they're going to have after the Rise of Skywalker, which comes out in December. They're taking a Star Wars movies are taking a few years break, mm-hmm. and then the first movies that will come out are by Benioff and Weiss. So they've been working on it. No, I think. I mean, I assumed. Well, whenever Game of Thrones, like, all of the production wrapped, I assume they started on it. I think it's almost natural to be like, let's wrap it. I, I don't know. That, oh, my God. I think it's, I no, I think it's natural to be looking ahead to whatever it is. Um, this idea that they would not care about their legacy, which is going to be primarily Game of Thrones, because they're so eager to work on Star Wars, I think it's nonsense. I really think it's nonsense. These are people 
who are firsthand fans of the books. They care about this material. They know they're going to be judged by it. They're not taking, you know, they're not taking the money being like, screw it. We don't care about the final season. You're taking the bait. That's all that matters. Uh, let's move on to the actual yeah, list. EK just turn off the podcast. Yeah, that's right. He's <laughs> in his car shaking his fist angrily <laughs> at the steering wheel. Uh, the list kicks off number 25 and we will again in the second part, which is going to come out on Memorial Day. We will list the top 10 and the snubs. Um, but Jaguars linebacker Miles Jack, 23 years old, and Bears linebacker Roquan Smith, 22 years old. A little homerific move by Sean here. Actually, I'm just kidding. I talked you into leaving Roquan on and into putting Miles Jack on in our conversations about this. I like those two. Um, you would take Roquan over Miles Jack, though. Yeah, I mean, there was the injury concerns coming in for Miles Jack. And I, if I remember correctly, he came out the same year as, um, Who's the Cowboys linebacker? Jalen, linebacker. Jalen Smith. Yeah, and Jalen Smith's Miles concern Jack was, had a devastating knee injury. Yeah, yeah, but Miles Jack's concern was long-term, whereas Jalen Smith's was he's going to miss a year to start. And so I'm a little bit hesitant about Miles Jack's long-term projection, whereas I think Miles Jack was better than Roquan Smith last year. If you were drafting them both this year, I think you would take Roquan because of what he showed as a rookie. I think Roquan was better than... Miles Jack was as a rookie, and I therefore think his ceiling's a little bit higher. Um, Very similar type of linebackers, though. Just both incredibly athletic guys can cover um, upfield, um, can rush the quarterback. Both of them get sacked, so I, I think they're both quality players. You could, I actually had them flip the start, and then I, um, I moved it at the last second when I had to get my ranking to see you guys. Roquan's really interesting. You and I talked about this a little bit, but like. He didn't even get a sniff really for defensive player, defensive rookie of the year last year, mainly because Bradley Chubb was on there, Leighton Vander Esch, Darius Leonard. We'll probably talk about all those guys shortly. Uh, but Roquan had an incredible year and he, he was late because of a contract issue, had one interception, two, five passes defended, uh, five sacks, 121 total tackles, eight tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, and, uh, finished with a nine for approximate value on football reference, pro football reference. I think he's a guy who, not like his stock is down, but that could have the, and I worry a little bit with Vic Fangio leaving, but I mean, like he could make a leap next year and, and be an all pro and that shouldn't be surprising to anybody. That's but I do understand why he didn't get as much love as the other guys though. Sure. Cause look, he has Quill Mack on his defense. You have a lot of offenses focusing on, focusing on that. So that opens things up and to his credit, he took absolute advantage of that and had a huge season. Uh, so I think Sean, this is a good call, but I do also understand all the voters not putting him on the rookie of the year list. One telling quote I thought was Vic Fangio as the Broncos were considering taking a linebacker in this year's draft because they really needed it. And Vic Fangio's defenses always have good inside linebackers was him talking about Devin White and Devin Bush, two guys who, you know, were talked about throughout the whole process as top 10 picks. And he said, I don't think either one is as good as Roquan at this stage in their career. Roquan is a special player and a special individual. It's going to take a while to see that in those two other guys. I think it speaks to how good of a prospect I think Roquan was and how unique he was. Fun fact, I once raced Roquan Smith in the 40. Beat him. Okay. Number 23, the only— Fun fact, Roquan Smith once had his playbook stolen from his car. That's right. Only That's why he shouldn't be on the list, Sean. Lock your car. That's a good point. You got a fob. You're driving some fancy car, Roquan. You're rich. Come on. Uh, number 23. This is kind of an interesting one to me. It's the only wide receiver on the list. And that's a bit of a spoiler, I guess. But Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers, no surprise. He's 22 years old. He's incredibly young. 
But man, it sort of speaks to maybe a problem in the NFL in terms of pass so, catchers. No, because if you look at last year's list, there's a lot of receivers, and they all, and they just all happen to turn 25. Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, Stephon Diggs, Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's a good player, but you just he's turned 25. I'm just. It is crazy. Yeah, that, it there's is a crazy. lot, and Michael Thomas is 26, so he he just missed the cut last year. So I don't think it's a wide receiver problem, and also. I mean, you've written about this before, about how all the first-round busts. It seems like it takes receivers a couple years to really get to that point. Odell Beckham, only 26 years old. I mean, Julio Jones, only 30. But, I mean, like, all the great wide receivers are a little bit older. And, yes, it does take some maturation. Juju's on there. Do you think Juju will be on there this time next year? I think one of the reasons he I only put him at 23 and I wanted to put him higher is because I do want to see him without Antonio Brown. And I don't know if that is, like – are you gonna Being write that? Are you gonna, are you gonna write that when you put that in the list? The, cause the question, yeah. Okay. The question that remains, can Smith Schuster maintain his level of production without Brown drawing the attention of opposing defenses? Right. Question. John, give me odds on whether or not Juju Smith Schuster posts that to one of his social media channels. Uh, yes. 10%. And then Sean's going to get all the Twitter firepower that he absolutely doesn't want. He's not going to be able to celebrate yeah. Memorial Day weekend, but he's going to be answering tweets. For four straight days, because so I'm going to tweet your article too, Juju. There's <laughs> two guys make sure this list who I feel like could potentially like get mad. I don't think they should get mad because they're on the list, but it's him who could like tweet something and Jalen Ramsey, a hundred percent. Who might come, like, to, might come to your house and punch you? <laughs> yeah, I'm more worried about Jalen Ramsey than um, Juju. All right, uh, you know what? We're going to end up doing. We're going to do the uh, top fifteen for this pod. Yes, top, we're going to we're going to do the top five. The bo- we're going to do twenty five through twenty. Take a break, and then we'll come back and run through the rest of the list for Memorial Day. But um, Tre'Davious White, you mentioned cornerbacks. Here's the uh, and then uh, Leighton Vanderesh are twenty two and twenty one. Little surprise that Tre'Davious White isn't higher. I think you can make a case if he has a monster year coming up that he could be a top five cornerback. Yeah, he was the guy who last year I left off the list who I actually, Bills fans got mad at me, and I actually think they had a point. I probably shouldn't have had him on the list. Um, and so the problem is that last year he would have been higher on the list than this year. He wasn't quite as good this past season statistically. Um, he picked off, um, so, but over the past few years, he has six interceptions, 26 passes defended, 97 solo tackles. According to Pro Football Focus, um, this past season, he allowed 0.68 yards per covered snap, which was the fourth um, lowest rate among all eligible cornerbacks. The fun and like the Bills' defense kind of flies under the radar about how good they were last year because that offense was just so bad. So they allowed 179.2 passing yards per game. Josh Allen, their quarterback, averaged 172.8 passing yards per game. So basically, their defense turned all of their opposing quarterbacks into Josh Allen, which is both probably a good and bad thing for the Bills. Um, <laughs> You know, it's not good that Josh Allen is the point of comparison, but it is good that they turned every quarterback into Josh Allen. Uh, Sean, between having Tredavious White so low and your Josh Allen hot takes, would you agree that you might be the most hated person in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, it, I do find it funny that that Josh Allen thing I just quoted was like in my story that while I in the in his blurb I acknowledge it was a mistake leaving off last year's list, I still managed to probably get Bills fans angry in the process. Which, like, I feel like if you ever can't visited- help it. If you ever visited Niagara Falls, you would legitimately maybe get pushed in. You'd have to be watching your back the whole time you're there. I'll just wear a disguise. Is Leighton Vanderesh a byproduct of his position at twenty at twenty one? Yeah, 
partially. It, it was a weird he was balancing a monster, act. Man. So yeah, it was a weird balancing act between him, Roquan, Miles Jack, and a little bit later, Darius Leonard, um, about how far to position them from each other. That I wanted to get Leighton Vander Esch closer to Darius Leonard, who's higher up the list. But I also wanted to group all the running backs together mm. who are coming up next because I just felt like they were so close to each other. So it was it was a little bit of a juggling act. I think Leighton Van Der Esch could be a little bit higher. I mean, let me ask you guys, how much better do you think he is than Roquan Smith right now? Slash, how much better do you think he will be? Because I also didn't want to create too big of a gap between Roquan and Leighton Van Der Esch. And look, I know Leighton Van Der Esch had more tackles um, than Roquan. But it felt like they were kind of on the same level. And if I moved him ahead of the running backs, it would have been a huge gap between Roquan and Layton. Darius Leonard had 163 tackles. Right. And that I felt like I also insane. wanted a big gap between Darius and Leighton Vanders because I thought Darius Leonard by far was the best linebacker on this list. He was an a- absolute animal last year. Been, yeah. I mean, that's. I well, and you look at the Colts defense in 2017 was so horrible. And literally the. Darius Leonard comes in, all of a sudden that defense is completely revamped and, and was actually good last year. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this time next year you told me that Darius Leonard was the third best out of that group. Like, not not just in terms of, I just mean like I wouldn't be surprised at all if Leighton Vander Esch and Roquan Smith had better years yeah. next year than Darius Leonard. So I, I would probably have him a little bit closer, but I understand what you're doing. Uh, in well, fact, so we're going to talk about the running backs. Well, I, I was going to say, let's take a break. Let's let's just end this episode right now, and then we'll start with the running backs on Memorial Day. How's that sound? Sounds great to me. Let's do it. <laughs> 